Hello, travelers. Welcome to the Mwende We Know podcast. Mwende We Know translates to go well in several Zambian languages and is a way of bestowing travel mercies on people who are embarking on a journey. The Mwende We Know podcast aims to inspire you to explore your city, your country, your continent, and beyond. In each episode, I speak to people who embody what traveling well means to them. I am your host, Mazuba Kapambwe. Now, today's episode is dedicated to planning your first and my first actual ski trip. So in March, I've been planning a birthday trip to Hunter Mountain in upstate New York for myself and a few friends. And then obviously Corona happened and the trip was canceled. The good thing that came out of that was when I was doing some research, I came across a picture on Twitter on these gorgeous black British ladies who created Mount Noir, which is a luxury ski planning company. So my guests today are Winona, Blessings, Simisola, Toby, and Adiola. Hi, ladies. Hi, thanks for having us today. We're super excited. Thank you so much for being um, guests. So let's start at the beginning. How did you guys individually get into skiing and how did that lead to the formation of Mount Noir? So I'll start things off. My name's Winona and I started to learn how to ski in 2014. I learned in the UK on the dry slopes and at the time I didn't have anyone to go with but it wasn't until I met um, Dee through uni and that we started going abroad for ski trips and I fell in love instantly with mountains, being outdoors and I loved the culture, I loved the Afro ski um, nature and I think um, that is to me when my sort of um, love and passion for skiing started and it was until I sort of met these girls that um, we came up with Mount Noir. Yeah so my name's Blessing I am a novice I've got a novice skier but now I've been skiing for a few years now so I sort of started this journey together with Tony yeah. um, we've been wanting to get involved in skiing for a long time pretty much since uni but we never took that plunge and um, so I've recently the past few years, he's always ratcheted out to skiing, and I've pretty much been hooked since then. So ever since that trip, I've been going skiing um, all the time. So yeah, no looking back. So I have been skiing since 2011. Like, I don't know. First, yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. And, and my first ski trip was a uni ski. Um, and me being me, I refuse to get ski lessons because I was being cheap. That's <laughs> 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 me. And basically, I taught myself how to ski. And um, we were there for like 10 days. And I just, like, I just loved it. Every, every day of it, just like when you're in the mountains, the silence of it, even the average ski and everything, the culture was amazing. Um, and pretty much since then, I've been doing it every single year. And I feel like that's been a huge driving force in just um, bringing this together. Mm-hmm. Hi, Toby. Um, my trip, uh, well, my journey, rather, started with Blessing, my first trip to Chamonix, and everything was, I just loved it. It was very, I think I was attracted to ski, firstly, because of lifestyle and everything, and then, obviously, it is is much more than a sport, it is more of a lifestyle thing as well, you can ski, spa, eat, it was just very good, and then, yeah, since that, we just wanted to go on a trip, and Mount Noir, I did our amazing time together. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, so I started skiing uh, back in 2015. I joined a university ski trip. Um, went out there for 10 days. 
uh, which was lengthy but so much fun. I decided to snowboard but, uh, rather than skiing because I wanted to be different, obviously. Independent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just had like the best time. I met so many amazing people. Um, I had so much fun in terms of the culture, just the ski. Everything was just so much fun, and it kind of inspired all of us uh, to, yeah. you know, create Mount Luwa so that other people can also enjoy this. Yeah. Great. Um, that's everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, great. Just making sure. Okay, so then once you guys like would go on your ski trips and take pictures, like I mean, how how did that kind of like lead to the formation of Mount Noir? Were, were people like sliding in your DMs and asking you to like plan trips for them? Were they asking like where were you and how much this cost? Like how did that decide like lead you to decide that was gonna be a business idea? Um, so I think, basically, when we were going on our ski trips, we were taking us and taking like, loads of pictures and posting them on, on our social and things like that. We actually went to like a, a travel um, a ski travel network event, and I just remember mentioning about skiing. And a lot of people were kind of like, oh, that's really good to be like, well, I really want to go skiing, I've been skiing before, but find out a bit more. So when we were finding these people who were saying, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about skiing, but, like, you know, I don't know anyone else who's, like, black or who's of colour who wants to see as well, we thought there's definitely a gap in the market. There. People want this. Yeah. It's just not out there. There's no market for it. And that's when we decided that we're going to fill that gap and we're going to make it possible for people to come to ski because at the end of the day, we know uh, from our own experiences skiing that there is a lack of representation and a lot of people don't feel like um, they necessarily fit into that, that sort of group of skiers. So we wanted to create a niche where people could fit in. That's great. That's great. Um, and like you just spoke about, you know, people looking at you and seeing that, like knowing that there are not a lot of people of color and black people on ski trips. So that kind of like has made a lot of people hesitant to, you know, get into skiing and snowboarding and I did an article with you guys for Powder Magazine where you shared some of the reactions that you would get sometimes when you would go on the mountain. So for those people who haven't like had a chance to read the article, can you share like some of the interesting reactions that you've received for, from people and like how was that? How have you guys responded to those comments? There was a woman that came up to us in Germany and she was basically like, oh my gosh, you know, first she, as she simply said, she gave us a compliment and then she was like, oh my gosh, who told you about this? And we were like, what? What do you mean who told wow. us? Like, yeah. yeah. It was, we were actually quite shocked at that moment, but it's like, these are just some of the sort of things that we hear all the time. Speaking of like a lack of representation of, you know, black skiers and snowboarders, um, even non-competitively in the media, do you think this lack of representation kind of puts pressure on you guys to make sure that you're using your platform, you know, in a, in, in the, I guess, in a positive light to, like, share images of you guys skiing and snowboarding? I think there's definitely a lack of representation um, in skiing, but a lot of that comes from the idea that ski and skiing takes place in cold weather. So it stems from the stereotypes that black people don't like to do anything that relates to being in the cold or cold weather. Also, skiing is seen as a very expensive and very exclusive sport. So generally, that can have the intention of excluding certain types of people, making it feel like we're not welcome, we're not comfortable. And as it is a sport as well, um, usually with things like football and tennis, there are local clubs that you can take part in where you can try to build those skills up from an early age yeah. or just generally take your time to improve in those areas. But with skiing, there's not a lot of spaces where you can do that. 
So you have to make that investment to go on a ski trip to travel abroad to do that, especially in the UK. I mean, yeah, sure, you can ski in Scotland, but a lot of the amazing world-renowned resorts are in other countries in Europe. Mm. There are ski, local indoor ski places in the UK, um, and they're great, but there are a lot of them, and they're not easily accessible or people don't know about them. So it does make it more difficult. The entry point is a lot more difficult. People don't know about it, so it's very, very difficult for people to do that. Um, I think that's where the media plays a big role. So when you sort of Google skiing or you look at any of the fashion brands, you hardly ever see um, any black people or people of colour being represented in the magazines or websites. Um, There are, you know, Olympic athletes, there are skiers and things, and we rarely see them being spotlighted in the media as well. So um, I think that is the reason why we promote on our Instagram and our Twitter um, pictures of ourselves having fun with the slopes and also other people skiing um, and I think that is probably where um, a lot of what we try and do comes from so just showing that you know there are people that look like us who do this sport and love it so yeah. um, I think that's you know needs to improve and hopefully we are making some sort of an impact in that way yeah, yeah. so not much about per se but we're mm-hmm. really about bringing that visibility exactly yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> thank you guys for sharing I'm um, speaking of like visibility I think that with, you know, what's been happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's definitely made a lot of these media companies that are like sports and outdoor companies to kind of like look inward and, you know, realize or maybe pretend to realize that they didn't have many people of color. Um, so hopefully you guys, you know, like bring some much needed color, you know, and like liven things up. Um, because, you know, sometimes you go on like an Instagram account of like one of these brands and like you scroll all the way to the end and we yeah, won't see anybody that looks like us, you know? Yeah. I mean, you'll see as recently, like you've seen the trend where it's like, um, you look at the Instagram um, pictures on their pages, and there's white, 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 and then obviously recent now you see another black square. Just <laughs> yeah. in the past month, was like, and then white, white, black, person of color, white. So now they're trying to visually show you that they're more inclusive. Mm-hmm. But in the past, when they've had, not had that pressure, they haven't been doing that. Mm-hmm. So you do wonder about their intentions um, regarding all of this. But it's always great. Visibility is great. So we're liking the trend, and we're liking where it's going now. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the article, um, you mentioned how, because there was a question about, you know, how can people who are not black, people who are not of color, how can they be allies to us, you know, and I think it was great, like what you guys mentioned. So can you like, just, I guess, like briefly say like how you think white people can be allies? Because I know you did mention how like, you know, it's not enough to just like, put like all these people on Instagram like you have to start with like the management of the ski resort so you have to have people that are of color people who are black who are not just like working in maintenance for instance yeah so you've, we've already sort of discussed already and um about the whole sort of black lives matter movement and it's been something that we've never seen before in our time and, and it's exciting to see where this is all going but it, I agree it can't just be on you know posting on Instagram it needs to come from the leaders of these companies, um, scheme, you know, scheme social media, they really need to be having these discussions about how they're going to improve the representation of black and ethnic minorities in their campaigns, um, in the way they hire in their companies as well, um, not just on a scheme sort of level, but, you know, uh, you know, at the top of these industries. And I think until those sort of conversations are had, 
um, we're really changing skew community. It's great that we're having all this um, publicity and sort of magazines and the interview at the top level is, um, these conversations are had, you know, we won't really see any significant change. And I think um, non-black skiers need to help promote that and also need to be, you know, campaigning to make sure that we are making these changes and this isn't just a, um, a moment in this whole movement. It's actually something that um, comes and brings about change. Great. Um, thanks for saying that. So um, speaking of like Corona and how it's basically like upended all our lives, I know you guys had a trip, a Mount Noir trip um, planned, you know, in the March um, month um, and then obviously got put on hold. So kind of like how has Corona affected your Mount Noir business model and how have you kind of like shifted to adapt to what's happening right now? Yeah, so... Actually, we were quite fortunate just before COVID happened, like the lockdown happened, we had planned the trip to Bansko um, in Bulgaria and we had some, we had a great time out there. Um, and also, we've, we've, still got our, we've actually still got our, uh, our Valtoren trip in March 2021 planned. Um, so we're still planning along, uh, for, we're still planning for that. Um, and... So we're looking forward to that and getting people involved in that. The thing that was sort of cancelled, unfortunately, was our our April trip. We were supposed to have, we were supposed to have an indoor event, actually, um, and that was cancelled due to COVID. And we also had, like, other networking events that were also supposed to go ahead. But because of COVID, unfortunately, this obviously didn't go ahead. But we've still got our March 2021 trip to Baltimore going ahead, and we're making plans for that. So we're looking forward to that, and we hope people subscribe to that. For people that are interested in, like, planning their first ski trip, like, it can be kind of overwhelming to know, like, what to pack, you know, specifically, like, you know, like, in terms of, like, equipment. So should they buy equipment first or should they, like, wait to go and then rent? Um, Like, what kind of clothing should they wear? Should they buy special clothing or, like, should they just, like, wear, like, two layers of sweatpants so they don't get cold? Um, first of all, girl, pack that SPF. Everyone thinks that because it's cold, you're not going to get sunburned, you're not going to get a tan. Get that factor 50 on. Don't forget to bring that. But um, you're right. For people who haven't been skiing for the first time, it can be quite overwhelming. And the reason what because it can seem like quite a big list of things. So actually, on that note, what we have coming out is a video that goes in detail around what you should bring on your first ski trip. So really preparing everyone on what to take with you. Um, but generally speaking, when you're talking about packing for a ski trip, think of it like you would any other holiday. So what would you pack um, for the daytime or would you pack for the nighttime? But in this case, think about what would you pack for the ski, for being on the piste, being on the slopes, and then what would you pack, what would you like to wear in the evenings? So during the actual, um, when you're on the piste and you're on the slopes, yes, there are base layers, mid layers, and the actual ski outfit. I'm going to that in more detail on our video. But there are um, a few more things to consider as well. So, um, like I said, you're packing in the evening. Think about what it is you'd wear in those situations. Yeah, like I think not. It's not. It's not for everyone. Not everyone does it. But certainly, when we go out as a team, uh, we love to get enjoy ourselves yeah. and go out and have nights out. And well. so we also pack like for the evening. We pack outings like outfits as well, and um, make sure we are looking good when we step out. <laughs> <laughs> I would also say like add that bikini because obviously we go to well just touching on um, the comment about whether you should buy equipment or not I would say initially 
I think it's probably better to rent just to get a feel yeah. of like the different types of equipment. Um, and then maybe as you progress in your ski journey, then you can you know think about buying. Cool. And I'll definitely um, include you guys video in the show notes for those that want to watch it and like get a visual idea of like what they need to pack. So we're definitely looking forward to that video. Um, so like I know one of you had mentioned previously that you did like a 10 day ski trip. So I wanted to know like what is like in your opinion, what's the best time frame to enjoy a ski trip is like a weekend enough or like should you like really go all out and do like a week or like a 10 day trip like what's the best I guess time frame for people to really experience like what uh you know resort has to offer you have to take into account uh skiing to get to these resorts it takes time so you usually have to include like a day like two days for getting there and getting back so by the time you've taken the plane to Geneva or whatever, you still have to usually get like a coach to the actual resort. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to the resort, there's no you're only going to be on the slopes for an hour. So that's already one day out. And then to do the travel back, that's another two. So you've always got to think maybe add an extra two days for travel as well. Great. That's a great tip for people because we don't really take into account like the days that we're spending yeah. like, going back and forth. Um, so like, just to like, end, why should everyone go on a ski trip at least once in their lives? And where are you guys looking forward to going once Corona is over? made me want to go skiing for sure like I'm, I'm doing it I'm, like I was gonna do it before and now I'm like definitely doing it 100% doing it um, <laughs> um so like where can we where can people find you on social media if they want to like follow your trips and where can they sign up for your trip next uh next March so we are Mount Mar on everything at the moment so Mount Mar on London on Instagram Twitter our website is Mount Mar.com you can subscribe to our next list on the main list. Um, we will be posting on our social media when all sort of notices and things like so. Just follow us on social media and you'll keep updated at the moment. So you can find them when they win a podcast on Apple or on Spotify, SoundCloud, Player FM, Anchor, Google Music. Please subscribe, share, and download. So ladies, I would like to thank you so much for being on the 
Mwende Wino podcast. Um, in Zambia, when someone is traveling or going on a journey, we wish them safe travels or we say to them, Mwende Wino. So I would like to say to you on your next travels, Mwende Wino. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Even though I won't be going anywhere for a while, but. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I love that. We'll see you in March, hopefully.